what I would do if I was a landscaper, I would use LinkedIn and Google. I would type in real estate agents near me or like a zip code in LinkedIn and find local ones. I would reach out to hop on a 20 minute call just to connect. And then I would say, look, for every um, house you sell, give them my card and I'll give you 20% commission for the lifetime of the business that I get from that homeowner, like, you know, landscaping their yard. And if you build a relationship with all the real estate agents in your zip code, you know, you would become the number one landscaping company in the area, like within a few months, it would be inevitable as long as, you know, this is, um, as long as you're good at landscaping, right? Like that, that's assumed in this equation, but, um, yeah. And I don't think there's many landscapers that are doing it that way. Welcome trust builders. I'm Sue Dyer, and this is lead with trust where we explore how leaders can build their business on a foundation of trust and reap the rewards of becoming the top performer in their market. Leaders that understand how to use and leverage trust are uniquely positioned to disrupt their industry and dominate their market. Distrust of businesses and business leaders is at an all-time high. Trusted businesses must have trusted leaders and your team your customers and your vendors are waiting for you to step up and elevate the level of trust in your business. My hope is that this podcast can help you start your trusted leader journey. Hey, trust builders, welcome to this episode. I really enjoyed interviewing Tyler Wagner. He is the founder of Authors Unite. And uh, he's someone that I've been working with as I've been working through my book launch. And I just found him totally fascinating and exciting to meet someone that's so entrepreneurial and started at a young age. And I, I think the main thing to get out of this episode is to understand how Tyler looks at fear and doesn't allow it to stop him. It's the most important thing, I think, for all of us as leaders that want to improve the level of trust we have is that we've got to drive out fear. And the first place we drive it out is in our own selves. And he talked about how he lives by the philosophy, by what is the worst thing that can happen. And once you've dealt with that, then he can move on. And he's built quite a business and continues to build more things always using that philosophy. So I think you're going to love this episode. I, I, I sure enjoyed creating it for you. So let's listen in. Well, welcome, Tyler, to the Lead with Trust podcast. It's so great to have you here. Really appreciate you taking some time to share with the listeners a little bit about your trusted leadership journey. Of course. Thanks for having me. I know that uh, you uh, have a business and you're running your business and uh, we want to learn all about it. I know I learned, I've learned of you and, and met you through uh, my book launch director, Amber Vilhauer. And uh, I know you work with authors. And so we want to learn a lot more, but I want to start off by going back a little bit and asking you about when did you decide to become an entrepreneur and a leader? Was it something in your family, like your mom or your dad, something that they sort of set you up to 
think differently because that's what I've learned is that entrepreneurs and especially trusted leaders kind of think differently. Yeah. So I think there's, there's a few answers to that. I think one, when I was younger, uh, my dad, and he still works for this company now, but he, he drove, I remember being younger, an hour and a half each way. So it was three hour commute, five days a week. He does, he likes what he does, but there were some things about the company that he doesn't like. I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, and I just remember being younger and just seeing how much work he was putting in, but yet maybe not fully fulfilled. So I think subconsciously that kind of like built into me. And then I went to college. I read this book called The 4-Hour Workweek. And that completely changed my life of I thought I was going to be working for someone by default because I didn't know how to start a company. And that book kind of set me up with the mind frame to feel I was able to do it. And it's so interesting because I've heard so many people say that, but dive in a little bit more like how did it influence you and what were the steps you took? Because I think there's so many listeners that would love to know your journey from getting an idea to actually coming to fruition. Yeah. So I think the two things with that book, one was there was a practice in there that he talked about that was essentially when making a big decision, you should always think like, what's the worst that could happen? And a lot of times your mind comes up with these crazy ideas that like are really not realistic. Like the chances of them happening are pretty low. An example is before I read the book, I was thinking of dropping out of school, but I was scared, an ego thing, I suppose. Like I was scared of like, if I didn't make it as an entrepreneur, I'd have to go back to college. I'd be older than everyone. You know, it's just all these like egotistical things that at the end of the day wouldn't have mattered regardless. And then I put it through that um, equation of like, what's the worst that can happen? And I realized I was like, oh, the worst that can happen is I end up back at my parents. They have a nice pool, home cooked meals. Like it's really not that bad. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to drop out. So that, that was the one thing. The other thing is that book just fully equips you with like all of the things you could ever need. Like it's, it's almost too much to describe, um, like how to hire a virtual assistant how to do batching, how to schedule your week. And it just like, I felt like it fully equipped me to do my own thing is, is the best way I can word it. So you did. And then what did you decide to do? Oh yeah. So uh, essentially what happened is my first entrepreneurial um, venture was actually a painting business. So I had hired a bunch of my college friends and this, this was actually before the four hour work week. So I was like heading towards that direction, but not the full leap. So a bunch of uh, my college friends I hired to paint houses, I did the selling. So I did that for two years. And for a college kid, you know, I was making tens of thousands of dollars uh, in a summer. So that was like, I don't know, felt good at the time. Um, well, so, so your entrepreneurial leap really started with uh, that. Because to me, it, it always starts with trusting yourself mm -hmm. and building that trust. So sometimes the foundation of the family, but it sounds to me like, you really jumped into entrepreneurship and kind of proved to yourself that you could make money by entrusted yourself that you could. And yeah. then that, that set you on a different path. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, the thing is when you do, it was door to door sales. When you do door to door sales, anybody listening that's done that, it just like, when you do it enough, something like comes within you and it, I'm just not afraid to hear the word no anymore. So I took the leap and did that and it ended up doing well for two years. Then I read that book and dropped out of school. 
And to go back to trust, it was actually the reason I wrote my first book, which is why we're here today, um, is because I wanted people to trust me, but I was only 20 years old and I didn't have like a foundation or any trust built. And the reason I wanted them to trust me is because I wanted to do public speaking. And I was like, why would anybody pay a 20 year old with no experience to speak to their audience? Like about what, <laughs> you know, I, the painting business, I had that, but that was, that was really it. So either way, um, the root word of authority is author, right? And I had heard that as well. So I wrote this book and what do you know? I mean, that's what it, it literally did that. I was getting hired and getting paid a few thousand dollars to give keynote talks at these conferences at 20, 21 years old. And like, it was because of the book, 100%. Um, that's, that's awesome. And I do want to talk about the book, but one of the patterns that I'm seeing here in trusting yourself at a young age is that I've heard so many people tell me that what started them off was uh, either they started their own business or they were part of a group of people where they were doing their own business. And a lot of it was just really like door to door, hard work, making it happen, learning the basics of how to lead mm -hmm. uh, and how, and how to, how to just go out there and not be afraid or do it anyway. I always say, you're going to be afraid, just do it anyway. Just don't let that stop you. And that's how you grow in high trust for yourself, which then leads you to more, more things. Definitely. And that, so that first book, it, what it was about is networking. So the other, like, so we have multiple books. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about some of them, but just so people can see the transition there of what occurred is, you know, I went from a painting business and I, I went to college in South Carolina, I should say. So in the summertime, you don't want to be outside really. Let's just put it that way. So we were doing exterior painting of houses. Um, so just that was tough work. When I look back, that was really hard work. Even not just the painting, but the whole thing, just the door to door, all of it. And then public speaking. And then what happened is a bunch of people started asking me how I wrote my first book. So when I launched it, it hit bestseller on Amazon at the time. So this was, yeah, this was like 10 years ago. And uh, people started asking me, how did you write it? How did you publish it? How did you make it a bestseller? And then I started to help a few friends. They had the same success. And now 10 years later, and that's how me and you connected. Um, and, it, and if I look at it all, it all, I, I want to say it all got progressively easier in a sense, like mentally, because I was like, dude, I can run an online business, you know, with like helping people with books. Like I was out knocking doors, thousands of doors <laughs> in Columbia South, like this is nothing compared to that. And then public <laughs> speaking was hard. I felt was harder than running this business. So I just kept finding things that I loved more and, and they were also easier. So it was kind of interesting. Um, how it maneuvered. That's so interesting. So tell me about your first book. So you were out knocking on yeah. doors and selling painting and successful at that. And then that lead, led you to write a so, book. So yeah. So when I dropped out of school, so uh, again, so I'm 20 years old and I'm like, I want people to trust me and I want to write a book, but I'm like, what do I write a book about? Like, I don't have really any expertise. I didn't feel at the time. So, but what I had been doing is once I dropped out of school, I was attending all these conferences. So uh, kind of a cool story is um, about six months after reading the four hour work week, I ended up at a conference in Toronto, Canada, and I was backstage with Tim Ferriss. So like I manifested that quickly. <laughs> and um, what it was is I would reach out to conference coordinators and say, hey, I'm a broke college dropout. I'd email them this. 
but I'm an aspiring entrepreneur and I would love to learn from you, but I don't have the money to attend your event. Can I help you with anything with your event in exchange for me being allowed to come for free and like, you know, work backstage or whatever it is. First one I reach out to said yes. And it was that one. It was called mastermind talks. So once I noticed it worked, I kept doing it. I went to tons of conferences, got tons of value. And then my first book is called conference crushing. And it's basically about how to maximize your ROI at networking events. That sounds awesome. Again, it's, it's that tenacity of confidence in yourself, trusting yourself that you're going to do what it takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it definitely was. And when I look back to it's that I feel like that what's the worst thing that can happen is really the foundation of a lot of me being able to make these decisions because it really is that way with a lot of stuff. Like it's trial and error and most people are afraid to fail, but like, and I know people have heard this, but getting to have a successful business, there's a lot of failures along the way, right? It's just like, it's inevitable. It's not just one straight shot. And if you can be okay with that, it makes the journey a lot easier. It does. Uh, Dealing with failure is probably maybe the number one thing that allows you to succeed. It's a oxymoron. Right? Yeah. Well, every, I don't know if it's the right term. So it's funny, but I feel like almost everything in life is like a paradox. Like if you want something, you like do the opposite or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah. Or yin and yang, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. that. There's a better way to word it for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. It. Uh, yeah, it is. And I think that a lot of leaders, whether they're entrepreneurial or working in a company and they're leaders, they're afraid to do what what would take them to the next step, to the next level. Uh, and uh, so maybe your litmus test or you know, going through the exercise of asking yourself, what's the worst thing that can happen? And, and even if it's worse than what you would want it to be, you can also create a plan to manage that even if it would happen. Exactly. And that is exactly, and I think most kids at the time that consider dropping out, it's like a fleeting thought. And they're like, no way, can't do that. You know, and they don't think deeper into it. Um, and I'm not saying you should or shouldn't. I think it's a very custom situation for everyone. But um, with decisions like that, I think people, you know, think through it, like actually take some time and think through it. What, what comes to my mind is, you know, in, in my trusted leader model, we have the feared leader and we have the trusted leader, but it isn't just about being a fearful leader, a feared leader. It's also about being a fearful leader. Mm-hmm. And if you're fearful, you're not going to do the steps needed to be successful, nor are you going to attract people that you need in order to achieve what you want. So fear really just undermines you. And so your methodology here that you got from Tim Ferriss is really about looking fear straight in the face and saying, I, I hear you and I'm going to do it anyway. A hundred percent. And and this goes back to what we were just talking about is like, I feel like the thing with fear and you, you probably know like more about this is the thing with fear is like, if you, the more you fear something, I feel like the more you actually create it, like the potential of it occurring. And it's this yes. thing, you know, so it's, it's more, I don't know. That's all I have to say on that. I just feel like if you, and this is in multiple scenarios in your life, if you keep like focused on something you fear, you'll actually end up creating the exact thing you fear in your life. Yes. Where your thoughts go, that's where your energy flows. Yeah. And you yeah. create it. Yeah. 
it's sort of like when you're a kid and you think there's, you know, monster in the closet, you kind of scare yourself to death when the reality is, is there's just your clothes and your shoes in your closet. (laughs) (laughs) There's no monster in the closet, but we, we tend to uh, make it up. And, and I think though I, that's why I wanted to ask you about your upbringing, because I think so much of it is that children are so geared towards either having trust or fear. And I think it just kind of plays out. And so as an adult, sometimes if you've had a more fearful childhood, you have to do more to overcome it. And that doesn't mean you can't, you absolutely can, but it's like facing it face to face and then you can overcome it. You have to acknowledge it. Definitely. Definitely. I think, um, and I don't know the psychology behind all this, but I, 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 from what I can tell, it seems like your childhood is like, it has the biggest impact on how you turn out as an adult. I think I would say I was definitely on the trusted side. Like I had parents that were very supportive of like all my decisions even with the dropping out, they were like, if you feel like you can do it, you know, take that risk and and do it. And worst case scenario, you come back and kind of the deal was like, if I came back though, it wasn't just to like lay on the couch or something. Like it was like, I would still keep going or I would go like trying for it or go back to college. And I think if I was fearful of anything, it was just, I didn't feel just with how much I saw my dad work. I just, I was fearful I guess I was fearful of that, but it wasn't from him or my mom. They were very motivational in my life for sure. That sounds, that sounds good. Cause some people don't have that. And yet, you know, it doesn't mean you can't overcome it because I also hear the opposite. Some people it's so bad and their childhood that they, they have no choice, but to overcome it. But most mm-hmm. people live in the middle. <laughs> so, yeah, I just think it's yeah. a matter of being able to listen to your own heart in your own head and what is it you're meant to do and trust in that. Definitely. Yeah. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And I think it's having that support system, which I definitely had to take those chances, if you will. And I kind of skipped over this, but my first year in college, like my major was accounting, right? That was, that was my major. And what I can tell you is I think what people need to do, what I've seen is just try as many things as you can. And the more you try things, the more data points you can collect. And, but you have to like sit back after you do something and like, like really think about, did I like that? If I liked it, why did I like it? Did I not like it? And go through all that. And an example of accounting, I hated it. It was like my least favorite thing to do in the entire world. And now if you look at what I'm doing now, it's, it's essentially the opposite type of career. Everything I do now involves people, which I love, like podcasting is one of my favorite things to do. Accounting is basically you're in, you know, like a cubicle by yourself for 10 hours a day. (laughs) Like that sounds miserable. Thinking about tax law. Yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) oh my gosh, like I could never do it. Like the amount you'd have to pay me would, it would, it it wouldn't be worth it. So, (laughs) Um, I hear you, but I wouldn't know that unless I tried it. So yeah. And also the accounting you learned is a support thing, I'm sure in your business, oh, nothing's yeah, yeah. wasted. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You, it's, it is something good to know. I, I'm just saying the process of knowing it, I don't enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hope you're enjoying the show. Sorry to interrupt, but if you're looking to improve any area of your life, one of the first things you'll want to do is to figure out where you are today. 
and where the gaps are, and then really get clear on where you want to go. Visionary leaders need clarity, like human beings need oxygen. It's essential. That's why my team and I put together a great starting point for you on your trusted leader journey. It's called the Trusted Leader Profile, and it will allow you to take charge of the atmosphere in your business by helping you understand your trusted leader style and how you can elevate the level of trust in your business. With understanding, you can make better choices and grow the level of trust and your results. For being a listener to the show, it's 100% complimentary for you to access the profile. All you have to do is go to www.sudico.com slash profile. And Sudico is S-U-D-Y-C-O. Again, that's www.sudico.com slash profile. I really believe that the profile will help you understand the norms you bring to your business and unlock the next level of leadership for you. So I, I know that you've probably had challenges with trust. And, and so tell us as you've worked through your business and you've, you've developed a business and grown your business, you know, where, where have maybe you had some challenges? Yeah. I mean, that goes back actually to like the second business technically that I started. So Authors Unite is, is the main company. I've been doing that for like 10 years or so now, but the first like six months of that, it was actually a different name. And I was partnered with two other guys that I had met uh, in college. And without going through all the detail, I mean, I, we were all very young and egos involved and stuff, but essentially, you know, I woke up one day and those two were like, Hey, we don't feel like we really need you anymore in the business. Like we're going to take this on our own. And you know, this was, you know, I'm freshly dropped out of school. First business is just really starting to like take off at a level. And then I get booted out of the business. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is crazy. So that was the first challenge of just like trusting partners. Right. And what's interesting is now my whole business is built off of partners. Like that's how we met. And so it's funny how I've essentially, I think due to my fearing of it, I created a whole business around it. So, so that's interesting. That, that was, the, that, that's, that's very cool. interesting. I, and I don't think that would be how most people would react. Yeah, uh, no, I, I think you, again, it's your, <laughs> you've trained yourself to look fear in the face and ask yourself, well, yeah, that didn't work. What would make it work? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. I'm like, why did that go so bad? Right? Like, And at that point in your life, too, you know, just like any little success in the beginning, like I feel I believe in momentum a, a lot. And like, once you have momentum, it's just I think a lot of things are easier. But those first few successes, they are the hardest. So especially being like 20. I mean, I, that was the toughest thing I ever went through in business, I can tell you up to date, like that was very, very difficult. It sounds like it really uh, transformed and defined where where you're moving. Yeah, it was definitely it was a slingshot. Is what yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so everybody listening, think about that. You may have be going through some big challenges. You're like, like, why is this happening to me? But it may actually be your slingshot. 
to where mm, you're that. supposed to be. <laughs> we'll tweet that. That'll be a tweet. <laughs> Cute. So tell me about, uh, you know, you help authors. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea that uh, authority is, you know, the, the root, root word of, uh, of, of an author. I love that idea. And, uh, and now you help authors market their books or develop their books. So tell us more about, you know, what led you to books? Because I know you wanted the authority originally, but now you've like made them your whole business. What was that yeah. like? Yeah. So I'll actually walk through, uh, I guess, the evolution of it. So, so I wrote my first book, ended up doing well. And then people started asking me how I did it. And then essentially the first thing that like I figured out was how to hit Amazon bestseller. So this is like 10 years ago. And essentially, you know, it's all categorical. So you can set your book up in categories and then plan a book launch and get a lot of sales in one day. And then you can hit Amazon bestseller. So I had only done it for myself. So I was like, well, I don't know if this is if, if this is real or not. Like, how did this happen? Like, I just woke up. I was a best-selling author. It was like crazy. <laughs> um, and then I help a few friends. They get the same result. And then I was like, oh, okay, I think we have something here. And then I packaged it up and then I started coaching people on how to write, publish and market their books. And then that did really well. But then the first thing I realized is like one-on-one coaching, inevitably you do hit a ceiling. Um, So just my time, I was, you know, I was getting calls and texts at like midnight and stuff. (laughs) Like it was, it got to be crazy. And then I kind of like slowly maneuvered into courses and done for you services. And what I then decided to master was how the major bestseller lists work and ultimately how to market a book, uh, how to market a book effectively for the long term. And once I had mastered that, then to me, it just made sense um, naturally, or maybe it was due to that partnership breakup to build the business, not with like Facebook ads or something like that, but rather to build as many partnerships with book publishers, ghostwriters, editors, and PR agencies. Those were the the top four that I kind of targeted. And I was like, okay, these four types of people or businesses, they work with uh, authors and not just a few, but like, you know, some publishers publish thousands of books Mm -hmm. a year. So I was like, I'll just build all these relationships with them. And at this point, I'm talking like over 10,000 relationships between me and my sales team have been built with these types of people. And a lot of them, what they do is they just refer their authors to us and we handle the whole marketing side because, you know, an editor doesn't do marketing, a ghostwriter doesn't, and a book publisher very, very occasionally does, but it's pretty unlikely. And then um, a PR agent works with a lot of authors but not necessarily in the way we do. So we're a good, like a uh, complimentary service. And yeah, I think you can grow any business that way. Just discover who are the people that complement your um, solution, build relationship. And at scale, I wake up every day to referrals, you know, and it's, it's a great, great way to run a business and yeah. all build on trust, right? Because essentially with a referral, as people know, like you're essentially borrowing the trust that's already built with that referral partner And with all the results that we have already, like my whole life and business has been built on trust. Like if I were to say one word, like that's probably, that's, that's up there. It's gotta be one of the top ones for sure. And I love the fact that uh, you've built your entire business based on trusted relationships. And of course, that also means that you have to 
honor that you have to you have to have integrity a trusted by definition is that you see integrity of who you are and what you do so that you never undermine the trust you have with all all the people that trust you i think that's that's awesome i do think that it's a great way to think about a business and i'm thinking that it would be great for people to borrow your mindset and think about your own business and are there ways that you can reach out to people who could influence your business and you're too afraid to do that and you just what you just do it what you have to do to build that relationship and i'm sure there's an 80/20 kind of rule to it as well you know the pareto principle where you, you kind of pick the 20% that can get you the 80% there. So it's not so overwhelming because I think some people don't step forward because it's overwhelming, not just fear, but overwhelmed. And so narrow it down. Yeah. So I, um, so this is what I'll say on that is like, I, we actually looked at our CRM about six, I guess it was like six months, six, nine months ago. And what we notice is there's only out of the 10,000 plus partners that we have in our CRM, only a couple hundred, like a couple hundred of them produce like 80% of our revenue in our business. So just like you were saying, and it's even like, so that's even more extreme than 80, 20, right? Like that's like 98, two in a sense. So that was really interesting to discover. But once we had discovered that by going through all of it, you know, now we have those like 200 or so people sectioned off and obviously, and we built other businesses with them. Like they're kind of like our core, like they're a part of our business. I would say they're literally a part of it. Um, so once we recognize that now we understand like out of those four types of people I'd mentioned or businesses, okay, let's go a little deeper. Like what types of publishers are our best partners, right? And then you can get better and better with your reach outs so that you're not reaching out necessarily the people that wouldn't be a good fit. But in all honesty, you know, I have a team, a sales team, and like we're, we do a lot of reach outs, like hundreds a week, um, used to probably be in the thousands, <laughs> but like, I think we've actually reached out to almost every publisher, uh, at least in the United States. Like we have talked to all of them. <laughs> That's pretty great. Um, but like, I, I think you can do that. Right. So my, the example I actually teach on this, I have a course about this actually. And the, what the, the easiest example is if you're a landscaper, what I would do if I was a landscaper, I would use LinkedIn and Google. I would type in real estate agents near me or like a zip code in LinkedIn and find local ones. I would reach out to hop on a 20 minute call just to connect and then I would say, look, for every um, house you sell, give them my card and I'll give you 20% commission for the lifetime of the business that I get from that homeowner, like, you know, landscaping their yard. And if you build a relationship with all the real estate agents in your zip code, you know, you would become the number one landscaping company in the area, like within a few months, it would be inevitable as long as, you know, this is, um, as long as you're good at landscaping, right? Like that, that's assumed in this equation, but, um, yeah. And I don't think there's many landscapers that are doing it that way. Uh, no. you know, yeah. So that's no, how I'm sure they're not. And I love the idea too, because, uh, you do that, but it can't just be about growth. You have to also keep the trust of your clients, of your customers oh. that you have. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think, isn't that like a Warren Buffett quote or something? It's like, you can, um, you can spend a whole life building a reputation, but like one bad thing can tear it all apart. I butchered the quote, but it's something like Particularly that. in a neighborhood or, or in an yeah. industry or a niche. Uh, yeah, you can, 
you can undermine yourself quite effectively. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta, you know, maintain the business and that that's, there's actually a book about this, Joey Coleman, and I'm blanking on the title right now. But what he said is a lot of marketers, they should start to allocate their budget towards customer experience because the better the customer experience, that becomes the marketing, right? So it's like building such a high level of trust with your current customers that they literally feel like almost like obligated to tell everyone they know about it because it's so good. Um, so I think that's a good idea to, to think about too. And stands out as well. So I just love the way you think. And you mentioned you had a course. So let's make sure we let everybody know about your course. Yeah. So that course on like how to grow a business, infinitepartnershipsystem.com is the website. And it just essentially the steps I walk through, it gives like scripts, how to do the reach outs, how to have the calls and essentially how to grow a business online through that method. That sounds great. So well, I'm going to make sure that gets into our show notes. Awesome. Talk about that. So uh, what's next? So you've grown the business. So what's next? I mean, you're glad young, you still got more stuff. What are you going to do next? I'm, I'm glad you asked that. So um, we actually are launching something new next week uh, that I'm excited about. <laughs> so hot, good timing. Um, it's called Find a Mentor. And this is just like a true passion project of mine is like, I look back at how I've gotten to where I am. And a lot of it has to do with mentors in my life. For example, that first event that I got to go to for free, I actually ended up moving to Toronto, Canada for six months after that and uh, being mentored by the founder of that event for six months. And that completely changed my life. So regardless, um, find a me- it's going to be findamentor.co. Uh, .com was obviously taken on that one. But um, what the idea was this is, I, I think a lot of experts and mentors, they have um, trouble posting consistent content, right? To like they're creative, like they're, they're working on the business a lot. So they don't have time to sit down and create all this content. So the thought was, and I, I'm one of those. So I thought, okay, but what I love to do is mentor people. So what I could do is have people book times with me. I can set a schedule on my calendar And then people that want to ask me questions for free, they can ask me in the contingency though, is that I get to record it and then use it in social media, right? So that's the benefit to the mentor. And then the mentee obviously gets free advice one-on-one from people that are successful in fields that they want to learn from. So the platform is being built now and it'll be free and it's, I think it'll be a lot of fun. So that's what I think that sounds awesome because I think there's many people who are listening would love to just have a chance to ask you questions about their business so that they can get a paradigm shift and maybe so that they can trust themselves a little bit more in moving forward in a direction that will lead them where they want to go, not necessarily where they are. Yes, no, definitely. And that, that's where you'll be able to find it. I'm happy to talk to, to anyone. I, I enjoy it. That sounds awesome. Sounds like you're going to be busy. So last question, I, I always like to capture lessons learned. So based on what you've learned kind of in this whole trusted leader journey you've been on, what advice would you give to others that are trying to work to build a business or build more trust within their business? Um, what I'd say is I feel throughout high school, I remember hearing this thing that like nine out of 10 businesses fail. 
And that might be true, but if, if you believe it, then it's true to you. And, and, and look, overall, the statistic might be accurate, but I feel like there's a way to go about business that is kind of risk-free. And it's actually the way that I presented where like, you don't need to spend all this money up front on a business uh, or all this advertising money and risk everything. You can build a business through partnerships And the only risk is that, you know, you have a phone call and it doesn't become a partner. They say no, like what's the worst that can happen? And then, you know, you wasted 20 minutes, which in my opinion, it's not even a waste because like connecting with anybody new is not a waste of time in my opinion. But um, if it didn't generate revenue for the company, I guess you could look at it that way from that angle. So I would just say like, trust yourself to have the ability to try new things and then measure how you feel about them and then keep going towards the ones that you like like the most. And then uh, same thing with business, like trust yourself to uh, take these risks and have these phone calls and try to build a business and do it in a way that, you know, you don't have to risk, you know, the shirt off your back. You just, it, you don't have to do that anymore. So, so yeah, that's what I'd say. That sounds awesome. I hope that uh, people who are listening will, uh, jump in and go to findamentor.co. It sounds like uh, that would be a great way to get Tyler's advice for you and uh, free. And then you could be on his uh, social media as well. So uh, it's a kind of a twofer for people uh, who want to get their word out there about themselves and their business. I know trusted leadership is absolutely a journey. It isn't just something you arrive at and it isn't something you stay at. It's something that you continuously have to work on because there's new challenges every day and everything that we do. So I, I hope that uh, you keep in touch and maybe we do this again so that as you continue your journey, uh, we can talk about what happened next. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. No, I would love to come on again. Once find a mentor is like going strong, then let's do it again. And I'll, I'll give some updates there. That'd be fun. That will be fantastic. And I love what you're doing for all the authors out there who have things to say in the world and can make a huge difference and, and you're helping them. So I appreciate that very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. So everybody keep listening. Uh, Tyler will be back. Uh, He'll be one of our regulars here as we watch his journey along the way here. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you next time. Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Lead with Trust and that wherever you're listening to this podcast, you will subscribe. And if you enjoyed this episode, send it to someone who you think can really use this message that you got today. And also, please leave us a review. You know, your honest review wherever you listen to your podcasts would be much appreciated. And of course, the more reviews we get, the better they are, the better for the podcast. I'm truly on a mission to get more and more people to understand that trust is the essential element. So I hope you'll be part of that. You know, this show really exists to help you leaders to build your business on a foundation of trust so that you can reap the rewards of becoming that top performer in your market. I see over and over where no one can possibly reach the levels of those people that understand how to build a high trust culture in their business. Now today, if you're really curious about starting your trusted leader journey, 
You can get started right away if you just take the free Trusted Leader Profile and you can learn where you fall along the Trusted Leader Continuum. And this really can unlock your confidence on where you are and what you need to do. It's very specific on what you can do. Gives you a snapshot of your leadership style. So if you want to take that, just go to www.sudico.com and then forward slash profile, and you will get immediate access to the trusted leader profile. Once again, that is www.sudico.com forward slash profile. All right, that's a wrap. I just can't wait to hang out with you again on our next episode.